Hey, history lovers. I'm Mike Rosenwald with Retropod, a show about the past rediscovered. Tonight I speak to you from the East Room of the White House regarding one of the most profound responsibility of the President of the United States, and that is the selection of a Supreme Court Justice. His choice was Brett Kavanaugh, a conservative appeals court judge in Washington, D.C. Almost immediately, the talking heads on cable TV were debating what the pick means for perhaps the most divisive issue in the country, abortion. Democrats fear a reversal of Roe versus Wade. Republicans worry that two key members of their own party who support abortion rights, Senators Susan Collins of Maine and Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, could vote against him. Kavanaugh's views on abortion aren't well known. But as senators try to piece together how he might vote on that issue and others, they will undoubtedly examine many facets of his career and life, including his religion. Kavanaugh is Catholic and quite active in the church. And the church, of course, is vehemently opposed to abortion. So what does that mean? Well, maybe not what you think if history is any guide. In late 1972, Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman was diligently working on the landmark Roe v. Wade decision legalizing abortion. It was a complicated and controversial issue, and strong voices on both sides of the issue had been vehemently arguing their positions for months. When Blackman, in drafting the majority 5-4 decision, needed help detailing the church's opposition to abortion, he turned to fellow Justice William J. Brennan, Jr., he wrote to Brennan, quote, Your judgment will be most helpful. Blackman asked Brennan for clarification of the church's position because he expected his colleague would know it by heart. Brennan was the court's lone Catholic. President Eisenhower had nominated Brennan to the Supreme Court in 1956. The Republican president and his political advisors thought that Brennan, a Catholic Democrat from New Jersey, would appeal to voters across the aisle and then lean conservative as a Catholic on the bench. A political twofer. Back then, the Supreme Court was predominantly Protestant and only six other Catholics had previously served. Brennan's religion, not surprisingly, became a key issue for his confirmation, with some senators inquiring about how he could rule on constitutional issues while also maintaining allegiance to the Pope and the Roman Catholic Church quote, on all matters of faith and morals. Brennan had an answer, that he swore to uphold the Constitution. Whatever the church or he personally thought on any matter came second. And that's precisely how he handled Roe v. Wade. Brennan became one of the court's most effective advocates for making abortion legal in every state. Despite his religion, he ruled with the majority on Roe, guiding the court to see it as a privacy issue. The church was not happy. After the ruling, some prominent Catholics compared the decision to the Dred Scott case, which held that blacks could not be citizens of the United States. That, by the way, is widely considered to be the court's worst decision in history. Some even called for Brennan to be excommunicated. 
And some historians say Eisenhower listed Brennan as one of the mistakes of his presidency, though no one has ever confirmed that Eisenhower made such a remark. But Brennan wasn't excommunicated, and he went on to serve a total of 34 terms, becoming one of the court's most famous liberal stalwarts. Today, he is often used as an example of how court nominees sometimes don't pan out as expected. But maybe he actually did. It turns out that Brennan really was fundamentally and morally opposed to abortion. You heard that correctly. The justice who helped persuade a majority of the court to legalize abortion found the practice unthinkable, personally, but not constitutionally. This is what he told Seth Stern and Stephen Wormiel, the authors of a biography called Justice Brennan. Quote, I wouldn't, under any circumstances, condone an abortion in my private life. But that has nothing to do with whether or not those who have different views are entitled to have them and are entitled to be protected in their exercise of them. That's my job in applying and interpreting the Constitution. I'm Mike Rosenwald. Thanks for listening. For more forgotten stories from history, visit WashingtonPost.com slash Retropod.